0: In 2022, United States police murdered 1,096 people. According to the Washington Post, this year, law enforcement has murdered 293 folks. That's an increase of 70 people since last week's roundup. 70 people in a week. And we don't even know most of their names. There were no marches, rallies, rebellions, or hashtags for them. Most of their families grieved in silence and solitude. It's critical to understand that police murders are just the tip of an egregious iceberg of transgressions against our folks. Law enforcement serves as a militarized occupying army in our communities and neighborhoods. They racially profile, sexually assault, and wrongfully incarcerate our community members. If we don't know what's happening, then we can't fight back. We can't adequately organize a response. So, every week on Law and Disorder, we kick off our Thursdays with a roundup of news related to state violence. We hope this segment serves to expose, agitate, and build this is the state terror roundup for the week of April 17th, 2023. Police released body camera footage and 911 audio on Friday of officers fatally shooting a homeowner in Farmington, New Mexico after they responded to the wrong house for a domestic violence call. First of all, she says again, let's stop having police be the first responders or any responder in domestic violence calls and over 40 years of leading with the violence of the carceral state in these situations, no one is any safer. And in fact, often survivors are much less safe. As far too often, they end up not just harmed by the abuse of their partners, but also the abuse of the state. In this case, the abuse lands on not the harmed nor the causer of harm, but rather someone who had absolutely nothing to do with it. Unidentified Farmington, New Mexico police officers killed Robert Dotson, 52, when he entered the door with a handgun on April 5th. Now, mind you, Dotson had no idea who was at his door, but I'm sure he thought it was something serious. And I say that because if you've ever heard the cops knock on a door, it's not a knock that sounds like someone come calling for a cup of tea. So, Dotson who has done nothing wrong, answers the door, his door, at his home, armed with his right to defend this home, which, by the way, has his wife and three children inside, and officers blow him away. Immediately, the wife begins screaming she has no idea, who's just killed her husband, and what do cops do? Do they identify themselves and back off? Ah, No. They then start shooting at the wife, who still has no idea these are cops, and begins to fire back. Newly released video shows three responding officers approaching a house with an address clearly posted and illuminated and knocking three times on the door. While waiting for the door to be answered, officers asked the dispatcher to confirm the address, and the dispatcher stated the number of a different home. Do the cops leave, however? Nope. Hands up, an officer yells as they begin immediately firing at Dotson. The officers then tell dispatch a man is down in the doorway. A few moments later, a woman's voice inside the house is heard screaming, Oh my God, she yells. An officer tells her to put her hands up, then begins to fire. American policing at its finest, y'all. Source USA Today. A man was fatally shot in a Chicago police shooting on the city's west side on Saturday morning. Family members identified the man shot as 24-year-old Reginald Clay Jr., the father of a 3-year-old girl. His family says he was an innocent bystander who was chased down by police before being murdered. Police say when officers approached him, he began running. Last I checked, fam, running isn't a crime, nor is running away from someone a threat to anybody's safety. But as we can tell by the thousands of folks cops have killed as they run away from them, this is behavior police don't like. The police chased Clay into a gangway of an apartment. That's when investigators said, as they always say, he turned around and brandished a gun. And officers fired. I gotta stop here. I want you all to think about this. It's a no-brainer for black folks, for all folks, uh, actually, that if you point a gun at a cop, they're gonna shoot you. And yet, cops want us to believe that hundreds of black people every year who are minding their own damn business when approached by police first run away and then while running stop and say to themselves, oh, you know what, a much better idea than running is to turn around and point a gun at people I know will kill me. This cop excuse has got to be written in CYA manuals in departments all over the nation. The other problem with the cop's story, The bullets that were riddled into Clay weren't in the front of his body as they would have been had he turned around to face them. They were in his back, all four of them. So which way was he facing again? Clay's father said, I love you, man. Sorry, man. I wish I was there for you, man. Source, ABC7 Chicago. The New York Attorney General has opened an investigation into the murder of a 78-year-old man who was shot by police this week after officers responded to 911 calls for a burglary at his apartment. The victim's nephew called the cops to report that his elderly uncle was inside and someone was attempting to break into the house. Two uniformed officers went to the apartment and knocked on the door. A man partially opened the door with his body turned to the side and his left hand down the side of his body as he He, who thought that someone was trying to break into his house, showed his firearm, no doubt, to alert the cops. He had one. The two officers yelled no and then shot the black elder to death. Reminds me a bit of Richard Perkins, who was murdered by the Oakland Police Department in November of 2015. Perkins had a toy replica of a gun, and as he tried to show it to officers and tell them it was a toy, please don't kill me, they murdered him. The murder took place at a gas station in Caddy Corner from Perkinson's mother's house. His mother, Mama Addie, walking home from the grocery store shortly after the shooting, saw a body covered on the pavement and prayed for the mother of whoever was lying on the ground with no clue that the body belonged to her son and that she was praying for herself. Source for the Clay story, CNN Wire. The Georgia Army National Guard plans to combine two deeply controversial practices, military recruiting at schools and location-based phone surveillance to do this. Persuade teens to enlist, according to the contract documents reviewed by The Intercept. The federal contract materials outline plans by the Georgia Army National Guard to geofence 67 different public high schools throughout the state, targeting phones found within a one-mile boundary of their campuses with recruiting advertisements. Geofencing refers generally to the practice of drawing a virtual border around a real-world area and is often used in the context of surveillance-based advertising as well as more traditional law enforcement and intelligence surveillance. The Department of Defense expects interested vendors to deliver a minimum of 3.5 million ad views and 250,000 clicks to brainwash our children, my words, not the intercepts, according to contract paperwork. While the deadline for vendors attempting to win the contract was the end of this past February, no public winner has been announced. Wait, there's a competition for this ish? The ad campaign will make use of a variety of surveillance advertising techniques, including capturing the unique device IDs of student phones, tracking pixels, and IP address tracking. I'm going to read that again. The ad campaign will make use of a variety of surveillance advertising techniques. How many times have I said surveillance now? I've lost count. In addition to, here we go again, surveilling our children, it will also plaster recruiting solicitations across Instagram, Snapchat, streaming television, and music apps. No TikTok, though. You know our government don't like those folks. While the planned campaign appears primarily aimed at persuading high school students to sign up, the Guard is also asking potential vendors to target parents or centers of influence, i.e. coaches, school counselors, etc., with recruiting ads. And get this, campaign plans not only call for broadcasting recruitment ads to kids at school, but also for pro guard ads to follow these students around as they continue using the Internet and other apps, a practice known as retargeting or resurveiling, shall we say. And while the digital campaign may begin within the confines of the classroom, it won't stay there. One procurement document states the Guard is interested in retargeting the high school students' after-school hours when they are at home. This will allow them to capture potential leads while at after-school events. So they're going to surveil, there's that word again, them at school as they socialize and while they're at home. They're supposed to only target teens, 17 and above, but our government is a thorough one and apparently dozens of the schools pegged for geotargeting have middle schools, elementary schools, parks, churches and other sites where children may congregate within a one mile radius. My question here, in addition to the obvious one, which is what the hell? The other one is what, oh what, will our government do with all that data they collect from surveilling children and their families? This inquiring mind wants to know. Source Sam Biddle, The Intercept. On June 27, 2022, 25-year-old Jalen Walker was pulled over by Akron police officers for an alleged traffic violation that they say he failed to stop for. A Chase ensued, and at some point, Walker got out of his car and began to run. Eight police officers gave Chase, who they claim fired, a shot at them before exiting the car. At some point, too many donuts and not enough coffee, I guess, caused the police to give up Chase and instead shoot a hail of bullets at Walker. When I say a hail, I mean the cops shot at him 96 times, riddling his body with 46 bullets in 6.7 seconds. Each officer fired between 3 and 18 shots at Walker. He was unarmed when they killed him, unarmed when they found him. There was no gun found on his person. Akron, Ohio residents took to the streets in rage as the grand jury in the case concluded that the eight officers were justified in the murder of Jalen Walker. Justified, I ask, shooting Somebody 46 times in the back. Despite what a local news station says is mountains of evidence against the cops, the grand jury decided they believe law enforcement's story, and it is just that, a story that Walker shot at police before running away from them. And even if it's not a story, even if it's true, Jalen was running away, and as he ran away... They murdered him. I know you all are as tired of hearing me say it as I am saying it, but I'm gonna keep on. This is hunting for sport. They could have let Jalen run. They could have found him later. They could have set up a perimeter. We know Jalen was indeed having a hard time. In the month before his violent murder at the hands of the Akron, Ohio police, his fiance had died. Jalen had been depressed. He needed an ear. He needed some care. He needed to be held. He did not need to be murdered for grieving while black. The family says they will continue to fight and are going to file a civil lawsuit against the city. Source NBC News, Ohio. This has been the State Terror Roundup, y'all, for the week of April 17th, 2023 State Terror Roundup soundtrack provided by Coffee Brown, an Oakland musician, singer, and songwriter who's been a force in the Bay Area hip-hop and soul scene since the early 1990s. You can check her out at kofybrown.com, and her website and socials are linked from our site at kpfa.org. A shout-out to my producer, Jesse Strauss, for helping me curate the content for this segment. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis, that's D-I-S, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at lawandisorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listener. And if you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam.